Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomast on this uh, Sports Ball Sunday. Uh, as you can imagine, the two people who are least interested in sports ball are here, myself and Zell, but let's start with some introductions. So, Zell, take it away. I am uh, Soraya Zell, and uh, I have successfully avoided really any Super Bowl-related things today. Um, I just checked to see what movie trailers came out like in the last hour, so yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, that's a good Sunday for me. Yeah, I, I also have uh, no interest in the sports ball, but that is unfortunately why Jay is gone and Bate is doing something else, which he somehow thinks is more important, uh, which I believe is not sports ball related. But no, it's shame him. For his that. he is he is far too obsessed with also nerd things to uh, do something sports ball related. But uh, he actually may jump in here late. Um, we'll see. Bate's going to be late again, actually. He just popped up, so he'll be here in like five seconds. Um, but no, my, my family was complaining. Uh, I'm, I'm not with them right now, but they're like, yeah, we went to Chili's and we realized it's the it's the Super Bowl and it's really busy here. I'm like, guys, it's a, it's a sports bar. Like, when did you think? How did you not know, like, with all of the advertising going around that today is the last day you actually want to go out to anything that has a bar with TVs? Like, come on. So uh, that's that's what they're dealing with right now. But I have also successfully avoided all sports ball related things and have spent a nice day just uh playing near automata which is really, uh but bait you there buddy yeah hey guys what's up my name is bait and i'm the uh the resident florida man it says you're shivering is it still too cold there uh it's 66 right now that's i gotta change my name apparently oh my gosh holy crud it it's a it was Shut a balmy like 24 today because you live in still pretty cold a there. godforsaken place cold called there, the north I do, I do live in the north, um, and it is cold. There is, uh, there is snow on the ground right now, um, and uh, yeah, I, I did some shoveling actually today because uh, I live in a condo, and they'll actually they will plow it, but they don't do a very good job, and so then what happens is like the whole driveway becomes like icy. So I, even though I'm in a parking lot, I do actually shovel out my parking spot so that my parking spot will be pristinely clear of ice. And we all know how fun parking in Chicago is, especially in the middle of a blizzard. It is a reserved parking spot, though. Oh, okay. It is, it is my parking spot, and I shovel it out so that it, it's nice. It remains yours and nice. Yeah, I, um, I lived in Minnesota for a good part of my life, and I think it actually gets colder there than it does in Chicago, but Chicago is way yeah. windier. So I, I Minnesota, no, Minnesota is the only place that I will allow to complain about the weather that isn't in Chicago. Yeah, like, yeah. if you're in Chicago, you have an official, like, you have dibs on complaining about the weather, unless there's someone from Minnesota in the room, then they win. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's windy there, which is nasty, but it's, I think, wetter in, in Minnesota, and so you're just, everything is slush, like, all the time, and it's an absolute nightmare. But I, I now live in Arizona, which is a million times better, because it's dry as hell, and, you know, pretty warm, and, you know, you deal with, like, summer for, like, two months, but, you know, stay inside, and you're good, and the rest of the year is beautiful, so... I've been having great weather. It's been like yeah. a, a nice like 75, 76-ish lately, so I've been having a good time. Minneapolis did really figure out how to do downtown right, though. You can yes. go like, you can like traverse the whole city without like leaving a building now, which is yeah, great. Those skywalks over all the streets and stuff and very strategically placed like coffee shops, like right at the end of the skywalk because you're like, oh, thank God I'm not going outside. Hey, there's warm coffee. Um, they, they definitely figured it out. It's been a long time since I've been in Minneapolis, but uh, even 15 years ago when I was last there, you know, they, they had still figured it out. So 
you know, my heart goes out to people in uh, Chicago and Minnesota because it's cold as shit up there. And Bay can stop complaining, even though I know he's not used to it. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, we we, <laughs> we we picked up a few things from the Super Bowl. Uh, we probably do like our, you know, best commercial thing uh, next week, especially something Jay is more actively watching. He could probably contribute. But there were a few things that popped up. So there's a thing that happens now because we can't just have trailers anymore. We have to have trailers of trailers. So Solo, the new Star Wars film that's coming out. Uh, is it this year or is it next year? It, I, I believe it is this year because they do uh, every year is a Star Wars movie and it's on and off between like the mainstream trilogies and the side story things. So, you know, since last year was The Last Jedi, which was episode eight, then we have a side story, which is Solo. And then next year in 2019, we'll get right. the conclusion of that tri- of the main trilogy. Um so yeah, and I, I kind of get the trailer of a trailer thing for the Super Bowl because like every right. second of the Super Bowl <laughs> commercials costs like a million bucks or something. Um, so you know they're like, can we fit thirty seconds in here? Thirty seconds is a really expensive you know thing. So if they want to do like a two or three minute trailer, it's yeah, you check that out online tomorrow. Yeah, and I mean, so you you obviously saw it, Zell. So what what do you think of this? I mean, it's obviously very quick and to the point, and not really showing a whole lot. But what's your feel on this one? I know we've discussed in the past that we're a little iffy on on a Han Solo origin movie, but after seeing this, seeing like our first like actual glimpse of of uh, footage, what what are your thoughts on it? I mean, they didn't really show us much of of the guy playing Han Solo, and yet, and that's really gonna be the big the big question is does he fit the character does he you know for the people who like i'm not a big star wars fan and and i've said that before and and you know but a lot there's a lot of nostalgia particularly revolving around those those core characters of uh the star wars franchise um and uh they're gonna have to get it right where you know if if this was another 50 years from now and everybody who who grew up with with star wars was like you know in an old folks home or dead and they could get a, they could get away with you know a poor pass at a character like that but uh they're 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 gonna have to get it right and and we'll see what about for you, those Bates? of us who you, no i actually i was about to ask for those of us who haven't seen it yet um what what did they show in the teaser what like what was it so you get like a quick glimpse of, of the guy playing uh, Han Solo, like it's like through like a, a blurry grate, so you don't really get much of it. But they kind of show, um, like, kind of... we could just you know tell Bait that he can check it out when he gets home. <laughs> he's probably driving. Right he now, is. Probably. You could tell. You could tell from his audio that he's driving still. And he said he was. He said he was uh, heading home, and then he signed in like. 60 seconds later so i'm like yeah he's in his car he hasn't looked at yeah, yeah. Crud. so no, yeah i'm no, so, oh, sorry go ahead no I, I was just saying that i think there's a little bit of a delay but yeah yeah i hadn't seen anything so pokey what uh what uh what what are they showing us so you know like Zelsa, they don't really show you very clearly much of, of anything like definitive but from the looks of it you see like han solo sitting down with like an imperial officer and he's like Oh yeah, you want to join the empire? It's going to be great. What do you you know, you can make a big difference. What what would you like to do? And he's like, "Oh, I want to be a pilot. I'm going to be the best pilot in the galaxy, you know." Um and then you cut to some action shots and some, you know, 
character vignettes and in, in that I think they showed thing. like a the the cockpit of the uh of the millennium falcon somewhere in there and yeah and it's it's you know a lot of flashy like ooh, i wonder what that is you know they don't give you a whole lot of like specifics of what's going on but it it does kind of seem to imply that han solo was involved with the empire at one point and that's kind of how he got his start as a pilot um which would make sense given it's an origin story but you know i think it'll be kind of cool to see him maybe get into the empire and then realize it's not at all what he was hoping for or maybe he gets what he wanted out of it and then his transition into you know smuggling which is kind of where we we left him off before we got into episode four and beyond and i think that's how that happens if you look at the quote-unquote traditional uh star wars uh lore is that you know he did get into the empire and then i could be wrong jay would probably be more uh knowledgeable about this than than i currently am uh but he did get what he wanted out of it and then gtfo'd and and started doing his own gig so it will be really interesting to see um what elements of the eu they kind of draw inspiration from i guess if you will Mm -hmm. uh as as opposed to um uh what they come up with if if that makes sense yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, at the very least, I think the, the plot will be interesting. I think that the biggest, you know, where it could go wrong is how they portray him as a character, uh, since he's obviously extremely iconic to the franchise as a whole. That's where I'm kind of worried about it. In terms of, like, storytelling, I think it it could be pretty good just to kind of see that path. But I think, you know, the quality of the actor and how they portray him is going to be is going to be really big. So, you know, I'm not like expecting it to be bad, but I'm just saying, you know, it it could go south pretty easily. So yeah, I think if they play it right, it could be really good, um, but it's going to be really easy to mess it up. So, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah, definitely. And kind of like what Zell was saying earlier about how there's all this nostalgia, not just for, you know, people who are who are y'all's age and who are Jay's age, uh, where this was a big thing. This was the big shit uh, when those movies came out in the in the 70s and the 80s. But even for kids now, it's like everybody fucking knows who Han Solo is, whether you're eight years old or you're 15 years old, you know? Uh, So people will know when they go to see this movie if, you know, this is the spirit of the character that is Han Solo. And if it's not in that spirit, then uh, uh, there's going to be no way to to cover that up, uh, is what I'm saying. Are you saying that Star Wars fans are really sensitive when it comes to the quality of the franchise as it moves forward into different forms of media? <laughs> That's I can't exactly even what imagine they'd be outraged about something. <laughs> People on the internet getting outraged? No. no. Especially nerds and Star Wars fans. There's no way this could go wrong. <laughs> right? All right. So, yeah, that, that should be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that trailer tomorrow when it comes out. And we'll, of course, probably talk about it much more in depth uh, next week. But, you know, it is like a 45 second uh, clip. You know, I think the YouTube is actually like a minute, but it's mostly like end cards. So about 45 seconds of, of footage. Um, it looks interesting. You know, we'll get a link in the description so you can check it out. So uh, I got a question for you guys. Do you guys remember the live action Super Mario Brothers movie that came out like 20 years ago 30 years ago I Fuck. most people try to yeah. forget it i mean it was it was terrible in a good way i actually <laughs> i liked how bad it was um i saw an actually an interesting documentary on kind of the making of that film and how completely foobar the whole thing was um but you know it was not considered a great movie but it was you know certainly an interesting foray into making a live action super mario brothers it movie, was so. uh it was a unique 
Unique would be the word you're looking Unique for. Unique is, is a good one, yeah. So, okay, so that, that happened. You know, we'll just let that be that that happened. Um, news just came out, though, interestingly enough. So Nintendo and Illumination, the studio that's actually responsible for making the Minions movie, have decided to co-finance an animated Mario film that's set to come out sometime in the future. It's not... This is very, very preliminary. There's no like footage or anything, but they are going to make a animated uh, Mario film. You know, like I said, with the creators of who did made the Minions movie, which I I think I like the Minions movie. I thought it was pretty funny. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. Um, but what do you think about this? You think that this could be good? I'm I'm kind of curious just to the nature of uh, this Mario, is the right. You know, I think these are probably the right people to tackle Mario. Um, I mean, I, like as far as Minions themselves, Minions are funny. Uh, the problem is I don't like, uh, Steve Carell and, uh, Steve Carell ruins all the, all the, uh, despicable me movies for me. Uh, and then the what Minions, the, the, the Minions movie itself was not good. The Minions were, were the better part of the despicable me movies, but their own movie sucked. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is the right look for it. I think, um, there's a lot that you can do with it, and I think that really Nintendo has sat on some of the most valuable intellectual property known to mankind and not done much with it for decades. Um, and I, I think they're they're starting to branch out. You see this, you see, uh, you know, they brought uh, Pokemon Go, they did, uh, what's it called? They said they recently announced they're going to do Mario Kart for phones. Um they're really, I think, Nintendo's starting to realize that they they literally are just sitting on this hoard of stuff that prints money and not printing money with it. I mean, I read a stat today that if you take up all the games that Mario, like as a character, appears in, um, and you add those sales figures up, over 500 million games have been sold that contain Mario in it. I mean, that's that's absurd. Like on how widespread that that particular character has been and like you said they, they're just kind of just like sitting on it like yeah we'll just make games because you know why not but you mentioned pokemon go and that was obviously they paired with niantic to do that and i think they realized like we can actually kind of branch out and work with third-party groups if we you know maintain you know a certain level of control but still push out a very profitable high quality product that can do quite well and you've seen that a little more recently, I think, and that's probably driving some of this sort of movement towards media for Mario. Yeah, and I think the partnership thing is is a big thing. Um, you know, this is this is probably going to be pretty low risk for them. Um, you know, Illumination can do the the quality of movie that they need, um, and uh, I think it's the the as I said, the right sort of people to to handle it. Um, and there's no way it doesn't make back any money they put into it. That's Everyone will go see it, for better or worse. <laughs> well, and there's always the, the the second level of profit where you know you push a movie out. Well, free, you know, uh, merchandising always goes with that, and that's always each part of your your uh, profit when you're you're producing a movie. So I mean, that's going to be tied. Now, my my I don't want to say concern, but my kind of curiosity is that typically Mario games are not voiced at all. Like you've got Mario will say like you know six or seven different words depending on which game he is you know his name and you know maybe mario kart or super mario galaxy he'll he'll say like a very few things and obviously there's you know kind of a legend of zelda link thing where he'll make different jumping noises and that sort of thing but generally speaking characters not voiced in mario games i think galaxy or not galaxy um odyssey had probably the most i've seen but mario himself doesn't talk 
Um, Bowser doesn't really talk. He's got text. I think the only one who really talks in length, sort of, was Princess Peach. And I'm just kind of curious, how do you make a movie full of characters that don't say much? Let's just make them talk. Have you seen the Have you seen the Detective Pikachu stuff? Uh, I've heard of it, but I have not looked into it. They're making a movie with the, that's going to have Pikachu talking. What? I think it's coming out this year. I don't think we've is, talked about it on the show. Isn't that like against the rules for Pokemon? Like they aren't allowed to speak. Yes, but, yes, but we're, we're we're in the the realm of making money now. Oh my! Gosh. Yeah, it's just it, it's kind of like it would be like having like a Legend of Zelda movie with Link talking. It would just be weird because it's almost like part of his character that he doesn't say anything. You know, it's always kind of this implied. I, I don't know. I'm 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 really curious to see how they how they do it. I mean, they very well could. I mean, the, the voice actor who does Mario, at least the English Mario I've seen, is still alive oh, and doing it. Okay, you know? hold on, hold on. So, um, uh, it's 2019 for Detective Pikachu, but you also have to know that Ryan Reynolds is voicing Pikachu. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, this, that's gonna be in Deadpool too. Like, they're gonna make a reference to that at some point. <laughs> He's because really. Like that's yeah. confirmed. Ryan yes. Reynolds is doing Pikachu. Yes. yes. Okay. I'll, it's I'll an IMDb. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. We'll, we'll keep that on our radar. Thanks. I've I've got to I got to see that. That's fantastic. But yeah, no, I'm I am very curious to see for the for the Mario flick or and you know how they handle it in the Pikachu movie. Um, voice characters that normally are not voiced. Um, I don't want to. You don't want it to be weird, you know. But uh, like I said, the voice actor's still around. You know, he's he's doing his thing. I mean, he's comes into the recording studio for like 30 minutes for each game and does his bit and jumps around and that's it. So, you know, maybe getting him a gig for a full flick would, would be pretty good. But have you ever seen the voice actor for Mario? No. He looks exactly like you would expect the voice actor for Mario to look like. His name is uh, Charles uh, Martinet. You should look him up. Um, it's it's fantastic. He's this like gray haired, happy looking dude. And you're like, OK, yeah, I'd buy that. OK, yeah, no, you're you right. See him? OK, yeah, yeah. yeah. You agree? Yeah. OK. Yeah. <laughs> I always hate when you like you look up the character, like the voice actor, like, ooh, I wish I hadn't done that because it's weird now. But this one I was like, OK, yeah, you work. I'll buy that. So another trailer that came out, and this is actually like a full trailer, not like a trailer for a trailer. Yeah, this um, wasn't Super Bowl. This was uh, this was uh, a week ago. Yeah, it was almost just shortly after last show's recording. So we, it's been out for a little bit. Uh, Ant-Man movie. So Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't know. I never saw the first Ant-Man. Um, so oh! I speak on this. Oh, I my heard God. It was good, but I go watch it. Yeah, it's, it's like go on that list it. of like shit I've got to get to before like the Avengers come out. So I'm not totally lost. So I'll let you talk about this one. Um, what you, you thought of like, the first Ant-Man. Did you and, see? Did you see Civil War? Uh, no comment. You didn't see Civil War either. It's 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 on honestly before the show. I told okay, all right. We got to watch the show. It would have been really strange. Every... It would have been really strange if you saw Civil War and then saw Ant Man. But you know, as long as you're like consistently way back in the timeline of movies <laughs> that you need to see, fine. But yeah, cause I saw I saw Spider Man. I was like, okay, they're really referencing Civil War a lot. I'm like, I, I need to get to that one because yeah, they, you they do keep talking about it. So I should watch Ant Man first and then Civil War. Ant, yes, because Ant Man is in Civil War, so um, okay. yes. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, I am a uh, I am absolutely thrilled with this trailer. Um, if anything, I would say like the 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 last clip of this trailer, I really wish they had maybe saved. Oh, the uh, Pez dispenser. Bit, bit. The the Pez dispenser 
will be great in theaters, but would have been greater if not expected. Yeah, don't don't spoil it because, I mean, it's worth it to see in the trailer. But I, I laughed pretty hard when that, that bit popped up. It was pretty fantastic. Um, But yeah, no, this this whole thing, um, I, I'm I am all for it. Um, Ant-Man was one of probably one of the best uh, Marvel movies I've seen for origin stories as far as they go. And, and this looks like it will keep the kind of heisty uh, approach to it uh, that they, they did with the first one. Because that one was kind of a, a surprise to people when they, they were kind of like, yeah, Ant-Man. And then it came out and it was like, whoa, that's actually way better than we expected. I mean, that's kind of the vibe it was, I was getting. It was one of those things. It was like if there was going to be a movie that marvel was really gonna miss on you'd think it'd be the one character that like almost nobody gives a crud about and they really did a a good job with the movie and i think a big part of it is the fact that it does have a very different feel uh to others it is kind of it, it is a heist movie more than anything else um you know some of the the captain america movies have moved towards the thriller thing like the political thriller genre uh, for Captain America, and they've kind of they they've kind of pushed each each movie out towards a different genre of film, and uh, I think that's helped a lot in keeping them f- different feeling. Because we're we're gonna have like a few of these really close together. Um, there's because uh, Black Panther's coming out in a couple weeks, um, probably a week by the time this gets posted. Um, there is uh, Infinity War, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, which is in May. And then uh, the new Ant-Man is for July. So we're going to have like three Marvel movies in the next few months. Um, and, and and it behooves me the idea that that's, that's it for the rest of the year. So I assume there's a couple more coming later this year I can't think of right now. Is the second Ant-Man coming out before or after Infinity War? It will be. It should be after Infinity War because I believe Infinity War is in May. You're right. Infinity War is May 4th. Ant-Man is July 6th. And... Uh... Black Panther is February 16th, I think. So, of course, at this point, we've now, this trailer has now ruined Infinity War because we know that, like, Earth exists since you can still drive cars and vans on it. Right, there you go. <laughs> we, we, we didn't all get blown away. I guess, yeah, that's going to be interesting because Infinity War is a two parter, right? So. No, it's not. What? They uh, they decided not to do that. Uh, oh, they, okay. They, they decided that the uh, next Avengers movie will have a different title. Um, and, uh, you know, they probably removed some plot elements from this one to push into that one or whatnot, but, uh, it, it will, Infinity War is just Infinity War. It's not part one. Okay. So it's going to be all, it's not going to be like a, the story broken in half. It's going to be the whole thing. It's just one film. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that. Okay. I misunderstood then. So well, that's, that's good to hear. I, I've grown a little weary of the two-parter sort of deal. Um, <laughs> Because I feel like they, they kind of milk it sometimes just for the sake of making more money. They may it's have, frustrating. They may have very well decided not to do it because the fact that they packed two to three other movies in between the one year apart that they would have done part one and two. Well, that's why I was confused. I'm like, so are we just going to have this like, well, you don't know how it ends in Infinity Wars part two, but actually Ant-Man's okay a month later. And then we'll find out why he's okay, you know, in, in a year or so. So, you know, it, it could have messed up with their schedule if they, you know, really spread it out. So that's, that's good. Oh, it also looks like Deadpool 2 is May 18th. Shit, that's coming up soon too. Whew, it's going to be a good year for movies. But that's not a Disney movie yet. It's not a Disney movie yet, but it, it might be eventually. And they'll just pretend it doesn't exist and just collect on the profits once that goes through. But uh, yeah, so uh, they also did have uh, 
a Super Bowl spot for Infinity War, um, which seemed to mostly showcase how the new new characters are fitting into the Avengers. Um, they they made a point of putting Black Panther and um, Doctor Strange in there pretty prominently. Um, probably the big reason for pushing Black Panther is I hear that it is setting records in terms of uh, you know sale, pre-order sales tickets. Um, but uh, yeah, so just a just a preview. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, but it's, it's like a 30 second spot. There's not a lot of new stuff. It's really important. It's mostly just to kind of say, hey, remember, this is coming out soon. Um, but, you know, if you do want to check it out, it's there. So good stuff. OK, Zell. So Stargate Origins, we've gone back and forth about this a couple of times. It is upon us. February 15th, it's coming out. Are you prepared to purchase this? Tell me if it's worth it or not. I purchased this a long time ago. OK, so. What do you think, based off this most recent trailer that they, they've pumped out? I don't know. We'll see. It's a web series. And that's that's what I keep coming back to is, you know, there's there's only so much you can do in 10-minute episodes. And that's what they're doing. Is they're doing 10 10-minute 10 episodes. It's like a movie, but it's got to be a movie that they can break into 10-minute segments. Um, and the trailer's two minutes, so you've already seen you know, <laughs> 20% of the first episode with this trailer. Um. Yeah, so so you know, we'll see. I I have a lot of doubts, but uh, you know, the the entry cost wasn't high. Um, I subscribed a few months ago. It's like a one-time $20 fee to have access to the backlog of streaming Stargate episodes which I've never used. Um, and uh, the ability to watch this when it comes out. Um, so I'll watch it. I'll see what it is. But really, my hope is just that maybe the renewed interest might get someone to greenlight an actual continuation of Stargate episodes somewhere, somehow. Yeah, because I mean, probably of the three major ones, two of them I thought were really quite good. And it's a shame they ultimately ended because I think SG-1 ran for over over a decade, I think. How many seasons? SG-1 SG-1 did have 10 seasons. Okay. Um, And then, and then uh, Atlantis was five. Uh, and good. And then... Uh, Technically, there was Universe for two, which left yeah, ended on a yeah. bad cliffhanger and was a bad show to begin with. Uh, and there was actually, and most people probably don't know this, but there was a one-season animated Stargate series. There is, a, there is a Stargate cartoon. Oh, that sounds that sounds familiar. I don't know if I remember it specifically, but I feel like now that you've said it, I'm like, I think I might have seen that, you know, when I was younger and didn't have the internet to to look things up. I'm gonna look that up now. Was it any good? It was only yeah. one season, so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, there there have been some good shows that have come from web series. Um, I remember back in the day, I watched uh, Sanctuary, which was like I want to say four or five seasons on Sci-Fi Channel, and that was originally like a web series that was cooked up online, and then they ended up making a full show out of it. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm with you, man. I, I I hope that there's some renewed interest in this series because I I really liked it, really good. And having another one, I I would wholeheartedly subscribe to if they did like a proper series, either on TV or a web series. It was like a full hour episodes. I would totally pay for that. You know, that that would be worth it. This one, I'm like, eh, it's not much content, but you know, we'll have to see. So. Well, a big question is, you know, what's going to be the production value? You only get so much out of this. Um, but you know, it's like. You look at something like uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery, I believe they threw like eight million an episode into that and it shows, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's 
without a doubt, I have no problem telling people that they should be paying six bucks a month to watch Star Trek online because Star Trek Discovery is fantastic. Um, and coming to a conclusion for season one soon. So um, actually, if you wait for the season finale week, you could actually get the free trial week of CBS All Access and binge the whole show for free. Yeah, I think my I had told my dad about that because he was kind of like, eh, I kind of want to see it, but I don't really want to pay for it the whole time. It's like, just get really it good. Month, dude. Like, it's yeah. really good. And we are in that last month period. So if you do want a whole month to watch it, now's the month to subscribe. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll mention that to him because he had, I think he saw that because they did like the first episode was free, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, because like, liked it. the first episode was really like it, it's a two parter and they only made the first episode available on tv and i really feel like they should have put the whole two-parter in there because that second half really was uh the highlight of of the pilot and uh but it and and then the show completely changes after that because the 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 pilot is kind of uh is really like i think it's like six to nine months before the rest of the show so so they have this two-part pilot and then episode three it's like a different show it involves many of the same characters, and it is, involves the same storyline, but it's it's very detached in that way. Um, but the whole thing is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, and and so this is this is completely outside our show notes. But Star Trek Discovery coming to an end of season one soon. Excellent. Already renewed for season two. Um, just absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's good to hear. I, I I know we had kind of bounced that back and forth, kind of concerned about, you know, based off of what we had seen. But uh, it's good to hear that it's actually turned out to be quite the success. I watch it every night after we finish recording the podcast um, nice. because it actually comes out during recording time or during our usual recording time. So it's always been my my go to like recordings over. Now I can watch Star Trek. Very nice. OK, Bate, are you back, man? Are you actually like sitting in a chair that's not moving? Mm hmm. Okay, so we saw this last week because I think you had to take off to do Eve things. Did you want to tell us about this whole million-dollar battle thing in Eve? I am not well-versed. You're much more of an Eve player than I am. What what happened with that exactly? Oh, so I, I thought I'd talk about that. So I guess not that. Um, so yeah, our quote-unquote million-dollar battle um, was two weeks ago last week, week and a half ago, sometime in, the, in, in uh, that time frame. Uh, and it was over in over in Nelsec, as as these battles usually tend to be in uh, Nine Tech Four R. And what it was, why it made the news. It's the Eve has been around for like I think going on fifteen years now, and or it'll be fifteen years in March or something. Uh, and this was the largest uh, Eve battle um, in in the game's entire history. Uh, you'll recall in December of 2016, there's a battle in uh, MTAC O that had like 5,000 people uh, in local. Uh, so, you know, 5,000 individual people were in that system for that battle. Well, for this one, I think I was hearing anywhere between six and 8,000 people uh, in system. Um, so it, it was a big deal. Um, such a big deal that you had, you had, um, you had one guy that made it all the way up to MSNBC um, on live national TV to basically say, yeah, there's a lot of people that play this, uh, this internet spaceship game and uh, they're going to sit and look at each other. Um, so as far as the politics, I don't really try to keep up with Nelsec politics because I think they're fucking stupid. And it's just a bunch of people with too much time on their hands. But um, it was goons, gurgoons, keep uh, Pandemic Legion, a couple of other big names out there 
there's a keep star anchoring, and so somebody thought it'd be funny to shoot a keep to shoot the structure and kill it before it could get uh, anchored. Um, but nobody wanted to commit uh, super capitals and whatnot to defend or to attack. So nothing really happened. So we sat there and we twiddled our thumbs and we watched uh, people talk about how stuff was going to happen, but nothing happened uh, for like all fucking day on Tuesday. So, yeah, that was that. There were a lot of people and a lot of stuff was destroyed, but nothing like too spectacular, I don't guess. Yeah, it looks like the time dilation um, oh actually God. maxed out at yeah. the 10%. So if you're not familiar with EVE Online, due to the nature of the game, and you can have battles that are effectively limitless in how many people you can have participating in a particular system. So a system is like an instant space um, where these players warp in their ships or whatever, and they're performing actions. They're you know, shooting their guns, they're flying around, they're targeting things, locking on, that sort of thing. That is impossible on a large scale to keep up with the lag at a certain point. So what EVE Online has done is they've instituted a system called time dilation, which basically slows down actions to give the processors of the computers and the servers time to actually react to things happening. So for example, if you know time dilation is at like 50%, a gun fires normally every 10 seconds, it will fire every 20 seconds. It's, it's, it's half the speed. And this maxes out at 10%. So basically, every action that you're used to taking will take 10 times as long to execute. And that's kind of the peak you know, uh, time dilation that can actually happen. It hit that with this number of players, and it's still like completely screwed up everything. Like people are saying that it's, you know, things weren't rendering at all, and it was, mm. the servers were just screaming, and it was just an absolute mess. Um, even with, you know, everything taking 10 times longer, the server just could not keep up. So it sounded like it was a total shitstorm. It, um, it was. More of a build-up than an actual, you know, battle. But uh, it's interesting. I always think that these, you know, million-dollar battle thing is, is kind of ridiculous because people who don't know the game think that people are actually spending, like, cash for these ships. like Which is not what it is. Um, it's I, I, it's a conversion of, of Plex, which is your in-game currency, to real-world dollars uh, for those who aren't aware. So you get these really nice, uh, uh, romantic almost, if you will, sounding like $350,000 battle or a million dollar battle, but nobody's dropping, you know, a million bucks or whatever to, to be able to field ships. It's, it's all cumulative. Yeah, because I mean, the, the idea that they get this from is that you can buy Plex and Plex mm -hmm. is like a premium currency. As a real world value, I think it's twenty dollars for X amount of plus. Yeah, and you can turn that amount into a uh, month of gameplay time, and you can also buy like cosmetics, I think, with it and skill boosters. But you can also sell it to other players for in-game currency called ISK, and ISK is accrued just through gameplay. You know, just playing the game normally. So if a ship is a million ISK or whatever, and you know this many X is this this much ISK is this amount of plex. You can, in theory, convert ISK to dollars, but most of the stuff that's actually being consumed and used probably just made from in-game assets, which is just playing the game makes that money. So like like Bates said, you know, yeah, you could, in theory, work it out to be a million dollars, but chances are no one, not no one, but no nowhere near that amount was actually spent on Plex to make the money to do this. So it's kind of a silly thing, but it's, like you said, it's a romantic ideal that, oh, it sounds epic, and CCP just goes, uh, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> it's good marketing. It sounds cool. Oh, dude, it's fucking amazing marketing. 
I mean, if it's making it to, you know, NBC or whatever, like a major yeah. news network, it's like, no one gives a shit about Eve. Like, only people who play Eve actually care about Eve, and not that many people play Eve, like, mm-hmm. on a, a large scale. So when it makes it that high, it's like, in CCP, it's just like, yeah, sweet, you know, whatever you want to believe, that's not technically false, so we aren't going to correct you. Well, and it's like every time that some kid gets up on MSNBC and he's talking about, a, like, a fucking space battle, you're getting more people who are just scratching their head and being like, what is he talking about? I don't understand. Yeah, because Eve has a very specific lingo um, yes. that if you don't understand the lingo, you are goddamn lost. Um, and so it, it's really funny to me. You know, you'll see somebody on on the major news network talking about it and, and you're like, yeah, I understand what you're talking about. But the other three million or however tens of millions of people who are watching have no idea what you're talking about. You're only like, say everybody who plays Eve, like there's like, I think 19,000 people logged into Tranquility right now. If every one of them is watching that same broadcast at that same time, only like 19,000 people out of, let's say, 10 million people understand what the hell you're talking about. Which, you know, like I said, that's always a little bit funny to me, but it is what it is. It's great marketing for CCP. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll take what they can get with that. I mean, like, it sounds cool, but I always kind of oh, yeah. laugh when people are like, oh, that's like a million dollars? That's on a video game that's crazy i'm like mm-hmm. eh, it's not quite like that but i don't want to take the time to explain it to you so we'll just say <laughs> yeah. sure you know whatever so yeah that's 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 your dose of eve cool okay babe it's finally time what's up red dead red, red dead redemption 2 yes. finally has a firm release date for console what is it october 26th this <gasps> year. that's perfect perfect it's a good time it's a good time for the game to come out yeah uh, so they're like okay yeah it took us longer we're sorry and the players are like we're frustrated but we understand because you probably won't screw it up because you took your time so we're like okay yeah. fine as long as it comes out if that's your firm date it's your like that's the date then we'll take it so it has been released for or it will be released on october 26th for pc and xbox uh one and uh, i'm sorry not pc ps4 PC, and yeah. xbox one and they have not announced a PS version or PC version at all. So people are kind of scratching their heads like, is it going to happen? And Rockstar's been very like, they won't talk about it. So we don't even know if it's going to happen on PC or not. So that's that's kind of interesting. It would be kind of weird, I think, if it ended up being a console exclusive. But who knows what deals they offered. And, you know, if it's on Xbox One, if I understand correctly, it will run on Windows. Is that right? Um, that's if my, if they decide to release it that way. Okay, but it's Microsoft, not optimized for Windows. It's just cross-play with the Xbox One. Well, I mean, so when you like when someone releases an Xbox One game, they can choose to also release it for PC in the Windows Store. Um, but that's not that's not a default assumption. Microsoft itself puts a lot of their first-party titles in that way now. Um, some other companies have gone ahead and done so. Um, but uh, no, if they haven't announced it for PC, it, it's not a safe assumption that it'll be available on PC. Gotcha. So, well, yeah. I mean, you have to keep in mind that Grand Theft Auto V came out for PC, uh, I think, two years after it came out on console. So either, so if it's going to come out on PC, I wouldn't expect it anytime soon, uh, especially after release of uh, after the console release. Um, I don't. I don't agree with that. I mean, if you can put it on PC the same day you can put it on console, then I don't. I don't really understand what's keeping them from doing that. But you know, I obviously don't work at Rockstar. 
Um, so I, I don't know what their, what their numbers are looking or looking like, or what, you know, however else any of that is going down. Um, but I, I think it will come out on PC eventually. Yeah. And I mean, it could just be, you know, you can simultaneously release them, but if you want to make like the PC version, like the absolute optimized ultimate experience, like Final Fantasy 15 did that, it took them a full year or so maybe it's year about a year and a half now to get it to come out on PC because they like really wanted to dial in and make it like super high end optimized for PC rather than just you're playing the Xbox version on the computer. I could get that. And we've seen a lot of really shitty PC ports because often they'll develop it for console and then port it to PC mm. uh, like near Automata, which is an absolutely fantastic game on console got ported to PC fairly shortly after it came out. And it was awful. Like the reason I'm not playing on PC is because it's basically unplayable to the point that you have to have a third party like player made mod to patch the game to make it even like workable. So, I mean, they could be playing it safe and they're like, you know, we want to get the game out as soon as we can. We want to optimize it for PC later. I mean, it could be the same deal like uh, like uh, Grand Theft Auto V and they're just going to make sure it's perfect before they do it because you don't want to mess that up, you know, because PC you know pc is still a big market it's not as big as console but it's still a big market and if you screw that up they are going to you know crucify you for it so i can see them taking their time rockstar seems to kind of not give a shit if they delay they're like hey you know we you know the quality of our games if you expect that quality we're going to take the time necessary to do it so you know and and i think gta 5 does really well on pc now i think it's it's thriving from what i does fucking stupid well on pc but it only does well because of grand theft auto online right that they is update a, that a lot, don't they? They update it very regularly. Um, it's a it's, it's a cash cow for them. Um, and uh, this PC Gamer article that we have here in the show notes does point that out, um, talking about you know the success of GT Online uh, on, on the on the PC. Um, it, it really, I believe, has has you know made Rockstar think about how they release their games um, if, if they know they can make a lot of money and make a lot of money with GTA online uh on both console and pc um then you know obviously that's gonna that's gonna kind of entice them to maybe put it on pc um and 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 again you have to you have to think that gta 5 on console is different than gta online or at least it was uh then they're different between the two right so Console had, you know, your your limited things that you could do, but PC they have all the shit for PC uh, as far as new features go. That I don't think the consoles have, or at least they didn't have on launch. That this game that it had uh, on launch on PC, and then I think they patched it at least to the Xbox, the PlayStation Four versions of the game. So maybe that's what they're working on. Maybe that's why they're not committing. But time will tell. Yeah, we'll have to see, but uh, I'm just excited that we're going to get it this year, um, latter half of the year, but I'm still excited because I love me a Western and Red Dead does it does it right, so it'll be great. Yep, that's, that's going to be the game I play over Christmas, I think. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so Destiny 2. Again. <laughs> I got to bring it up. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this game is in a pitfall, man. Like, <laughs> so many YouTubers are just like, we're not upset, we're just like, you know, these guys try to push videos out like once a day, once every day or two, you know, and they're just like, honestly, we can't maintain this level of content because there's nothing to talk about. The game is just not going where it needs to go. Um, and because of that, you see a lot of YouTubers bailing. And honestly, YouTube in the past, probably I'd say two to three years, 
has become a, a really pivotal force for marketing in, in a lot of things. Gaming is is no exception where YouTubers are kind of what drives a lot of, you know, marketing for games and in keeping players engaged and interested and do news updates. And, you know, it's a big part of it to a point where you see a lot of game companies reaching out to YouTubers and, you know, giving them free games to try or flying them out to events to, you know, basically be third-party reporters on. Um, and that's just kind of fallen apart for Destiny 2. And to a point where I actually saw a video today, um, I'm not sure I really agree with this, but his sentiment was they should just abandon Destiny 2 and focus all efforts on making Destiny 3 because it's too fucked up to actually fix anymore. Um, and they're clearly not capable of, of fixing it the way it needs to be fixed, and they should just focus on Destiny 3. And I don't really agree with that, but that's kind of where the conversation is starting to get. So I've stopped playing the game entirely pretty much. Um, there's just not enough stuff for me to care about to continue doing a lot of it's just kind of I guess I can start a new character if I want um, and that's kind of where it's at but I did kind of want to briefly go over kind of their roadmap uh, moving forward over the next few months uh, just kind of going on the list of things and just kind of give my thoughts on how I think that's going to work or not so let me pull it up real quick here so uh, Destiny 2 development roadmap uh, this came out on January 31st so a few days ago so I won't go over what the patch 1.1.2 that was already released. That was like the armor masterworks. We had talked about that already, me and Jay, last episode. So I'm not going to touch on that. So uh, 1.1.3 is slated for February 27th. So the end of this year or so end of this month, rather. Um, so nightfall scoring and high score tracking, which is basically like if you do the nightfall, which is like a we'll, we'll call it like a dungeon, you know, like a mission. Uh, it's kind of high level quickly. There's like a leaderboard for it. Um, emblem and aura rework that's kind of you know things you can get in the game to show off that you've done certain things um, completed certain milestones just kind of a bragging rights um, showing fire team members on destination map uh, pc public text chat uh, which you can either opt in or out of exotic rep rep sorry exotic weapon repetition reduction so trying to reduce the number of duplicate items you get uh, companion uh, mod and shader interactions uh, companion vendor viewing, and they might change to have Nightfall unique strikes. That one's kind of a, a stretch goal. And then on March 27th, there's the 1.1.4 update, which is their sandbox and crucible update. So weapon and ability sandbox changes, heroic strike modifiers. That's something from Destiny 1 where you could do like a higher level version of a strike and it would have like special effects on it, like, you know, uh, solar damage is increased or your void weapons, you know, do more damage or have more recoil, stuff like that. Just to kind of change up the repetition of doing the same thing over and over again, but with some randomization. So you kind of had to change your strategy. Um, Iron Banner is getting 6v6 uh, in Crucible. Right now it's just 4v4 like the rest of the game. So again, kind of rolling back to Destiny 1. Uh, weekly Crucible play with, playlist will include Mayhem, which is the, like the best game mode in, in, in that game. Um, Mayhem is kind of the, uh, you turn all the abilities and supers up to 11 and it's just total chaos. Like the guns don't even matter anymore because you're just blowing each other up with space magic. I like that. That's actually a fun one. Uh, Crucible ammo and gameplay tuning. They kind of talked about making heavy ammo drop more to make it a little more interesting. Uh, Nightfall challenge cards, which are kind of like certain, certain milestones you could do within the Nightfall strike to kind of, you know, do it in this amount of time or do it without jumping or something crazy like that. Uh, Putting a penalty in for people leaving PvP early. Um, I haven't experienced that too much, but apparently it's an issue. And uh, trying to prevent you from getting the same map in Crucible or Strikes multiple times in the row, which is annoying. That happens a lot. And their stretch goal is exotic weapon and armor sandbox changes. So kind of changing up the exotic weapons. And then Season 3, 
because uh, you know Destiny has this season-based thing for seasons a year. Uh, in the 1.2.0 update, this is coming sometime in May. There's the prestige mode of the Eater Worlds raid, um, seasonal crucible rankings, private matches, vault space increase, um, the ability to have multiple custom emotes on your D-pad, uh, exotic masterworks weapons, seasonal vendor progression, faction rallies to be improved, and maybe as a stretch goal, mod system improvement. So that's kind of what they're planning over the coming months up through May um, for the you know the remainder of season two and going into season. And uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a rant here about this, but it's just kind of like <laughs> all the issues that you know I personally see that a lot of YouTubers see that the game is not compelling enough to keep playing is not addressed really in any of these things. There's some nice quality of life changes, you know, adding mayhem, you know, crucible. It's cool. I like that iron banner 6v6. That's cool. You know, a lot of it seems like we're adding in some like minor features that were in destiny one that were removed for whatever reason. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like, what's the point you get to the end of the game, you go into this, like, you know, quote unquote end game, which entirely revolves around, you know, just leveling up repeatedly to get, loot boxes which are all cosmetic anyway so you don't really care after a while and that's it you know you're kind of like what's the point and none of these things seem to address the fact that there's not enough stuff to do you don't feel like there's anything to really work towards um it's just not there and these changes don't show anything in that regard to make that progression feel like it can actually extend into a meaningful and compelling end game so you know, they, they lay this roadmap out, which is great. You know, I think that transparency is fantastic, but at the same time, it's almost like, well, you've basically shown me not to care up through, you know, season three, because you've listed all the stuff you're going to do. And it's not going to address any of the issues I actually have with the game that is preventing me from caring. And I think that that's going to be kind of a common sentiment amongst a lot of players, you know, that have kind of started to drift away from the game that they're like, that's great and all, but you, you're not there. You know, it's, it's, this isn't what we need. And you don't seem to understand that what has to happen to fix that or you are unable to do what is necessary to fix that. So, you know, that's what's going on with the roadmap. But I just I'm like, eh, I guess I don't have to worry about this game for a while because I can focus on other stuff that's actually giving me a really good, you know, gaming experience, which is Monster Hunter, because um, this one's just dead i just don't care anymore um and i feel like this free fall um on the social media you know youtube and that sort of thing is i don't know if they see it or if they think this is going to fix it but you know if, if i had to put a bet on it i'd say that this is not going to change anything and destiny 2 is not going to improve in a meaningful way for for quite some time and it probably will take until you know i jokingly call it the taking king 2 which was the big update that happened for destiny one, you know, I think it was like a year or two after the launch where they kind of did like a 2.0 update where they revamped a lot of shit and the game actually got pretty good then. Um, and I feel like we're going to have to wait until that point again in destiny two, when they get to that big update where they go, okay, we're going to actually dump the resources in it to, you know, fix core systems to get it to a point where this is actually a compelling experience. So that's where it's at. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably still poke at it just if anything interesting pops up. But as far as coverage on Destiny 2, I'm just not feeling it, you know, in any meaningful sense. So, I mean, that's the roadmap. That's what you can expect. Um, but from from me and probably from Jay, that's, that's probably the last we're going to talk about in any, you know, large capacity moving forward. It's just, it's not there. It's unfortunate, but it's not there. And they got to figure some stuff out. And it's obviously going to take them longer than, you know, the next couple months. So, 
that's the update for Destiny 2. Um, is what it is, you know, and we'll we'll see how it goes, you know, maybe in a year or so. I don't know, man. The uh, PC public text chat, I think, is really going to change the nature oh, of the game. That, that's true. The main game is important. I don't fucking understand how that game didn't have PC public text chat. Like, that's pretty standard for a, for an MMO where, you know, you pair up with other people to complete a, a raid or something. Right, Bungie? Yeah. I mean, they, they, like, the one thing that they really nailed with, like, Destiny 2 was the whole, like, uh, guided game system where in Destiny 1, there was a third-party website that popped up called, uh, I think it was called LFG Looking for Group, um, where you could go and post up, like, in a big, giant chat room, like, hey, we need two more guys for this raid, you know, here's my PSN information, you know, send me an email and, and we'll, we'll get you pulled in. And Destiny 2 added like an in-game version of that where you kind of just go into a queue and it's like, I'm going to host the game or I need help with something. And it would pair people up and, and then send them on their way. Like that was, that was good. But everything else, you're like, this is like Destiny 1 mm-hmm. minus some stuff. And it's like minus like really simple, like, you know, like you said, like what PC game doesn't have doesn't some have form of text chat? Yeah. Even like the shittiest free-to-play MMO that costs the guy $10 to throw together has a global chat, but... Yeah, no, that was just one of those weird things. You're like, why was this... It's like, yeah, a game should have that. And it's really sad because I like, I like Bungie as a, as a company. They did really well with Halo, but it's, it's so sad to see and it sounds like they did good by destiny uh right there in the last year and a half uh of you know uh of that game's life and and here we are doing the same shit that we went through uh for destiny one's uh lifespan and it's like you couldn't learn from what you did before at all it's frustrating and i can't imagine how to spend money and I mean, here's the thing is that I probably got my money's worth out of the initial purchase and what, you know, meager end game there was. I'm like, OK, you know, I had a good time and we we dicked around with it for you know a while, but it doesn't have that. Like, I'm going to play this thing for the next hundred hours. I was going to say, but it should have that, especially something like this. If it's going to market itself as that. Yeah. And they, they definitely did. They're like, oh, yeah, this is like, yeah. A, what do they call it, a lifestyle game where it's like you mm-hmm. you kind of have this ritual where you log on and you do your daily thing for the day or the week or whatever. And then, yeah. you know, you may not keep playing, but the problem is that, yeah, there's like rewards for it, but the rewards don't mean anything because there's nothing to work towards. It's just like max out your light level. And then I guess you can do the raid, but the, the bonuses from the raid are lackluster. So it's like, what's the point there? And it just kind of turns into this, like, they wanted to make it like a social event, which I get. Like, some games, you know, like EVE Online is a good example, which is driven almost entirely by the social aspect. Because, let's be honest, the gameplay of EVE is not exactly exciting. No. Um, but they just, they, they they leverage too much against that. And they're just like, yeah, it's like, you know, playing with your friends is content. And people are like, excuse me? <laughs> like, you're not wrong, but it's not a replacement for content. Like, the social aspect needs to enhance what you have there, not be what you have there. Mm. You know, doing the same strikes 500 times for rewards that don't matter. Yeah, I can shoot the shit with my buddies and that's great and all, but there's other games that do it better and I can do the same thing. So it just, it's it's lacking. And they and I feel like what they thought was going to be this cool end game, just it completely just fell flat. Yep. Yep, for sure, and that's what it sounds like. Just being somebody who doesn't, you know, who doesn't play Destiny two, who didn't play the first one, um, 
it, it, like I said, it's unfortunate. So I guess Pokey, you and all the other Destiny players have to wait until they announce Destiny 3, and then about yeah. a year before launch, they'll uh, actually uh, try to fucking fix their game. And then yeah. we'll go through the same thing with the third one. And then it, it'll be the third one, so it'll probably be the last game. The rest of y'all will just be shit out of luck if you bought that one. Well, yeah, let's, let's not even get into the story there, because I'm like, okay, you do a third one, and I'm like, I feel like the story is intended to go on for much longer than this, because there's mm-hmm. so little of it, and I'm like, you really need, like, five, six games to tell this oh, whole story, and I'm like, this that. shit's not going to last that long. Like, no. this franchise will fall apart before then. It's yep. already kind of starting to show its seems, so, mm, yep. whatever. I like the lore videos on YouTube, like, my name is Bife. He's got some really cool shit. If you just want, like, a cool, like, sci-fi story with space magic and shit, go watch his videos, because they're more interesting than the actual game. Which is, oh my god, that, I can't believe you said that. Like, that shouldn't be the case for a fucking game. (laughs) Well, because the the stuff they release, like, it's it's not just him, like, it's not like fanfiction, like, he's just retelling what has already been told, but it's all, like, from books and, you know, lore tabs that are, like, really cryptic, and it's like, the way he tells it is just fantastic. Like, so it's a it's a player. It's not a dev. This it is a player. That, oh my it is a player. god! Like if you go, so the the YouTube channel is my name is Bife B Y F. Um, and go watch his Book of Sorrows series if you're at all familiar with the Destiny universe. It puts such an interesting perspective on two of the ma- two major enemy factions that it's like, holy shit, this is actually really good. And I got none of it from the actual game. Like. They're wow. like they're villainized in the game is this like, you know, whatever, these mindless monsters. And then you like see like what he's presented like in this Book of Sorrow series, and it's like, wow, they actually have a really interesting and tragic backstory, and I completely understand their motivations now, and I appreciate what they are in this universe much, much more. And you get none of that in the game. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> maybe maybe they should just write, you know, a book and let YouTubers fly with it because that is way more interesting than the stuff you actually get in the game, which is a shame. But I do love plugging that guy because he's got really good stuff. Um, like I said, if you're all familiar with Destiny lore or interested, he's got some fantastic videos you should watch. So my name is Bife on YouTube. Check him out. Yeah, I just pulled him up and like the first, like, I guess this like featured video is a fucking hour and a half video of him explaining the lore and the timeline of uh destiny looks like one and two so yep. you've got an hour and a half to kill. that's a yeah I did, basically I did, a podcast i didn't have the patience for it i'll be honest <laughs> oh really <laughs> it, it may not be for everyone you know i mean it is space magic and you know interdimensional beings and stuff i mean it's kind of it's kind of you know that sort of thing so it may not be for everyone but you know if you are interested in that sort of stuff or play destiny and haven't heard of this guy he's totally worth your time and even he's kind of like I'm going to start doing some other stuff. Like I'll keep doing lore videos for destiny, but like he started talking about monster hunter and you know, you know, he's going to start covering other games. Cause even he's like, eh, like the lore's cool, but that's kind of where I'm going to stop. So, you know, check him out. He's good stuff. But uh, yeah, so we, we probably won't be doing much more destinies two stuff for now, unless something actually game changing pops up. Um, but you know, I thought I'd kind of drop that roadmap on you guys and, and just kind of explain why i don't really feel that this has much for the time being so there you go so on to a game that actually is doing well um in one of its kind of uh, yearly rituals of events overwatch is getting the year of the dog event starting february 8th which may or may not be before this video goes out but uh yeah so zell what goes what, what usually happens at these events i know we kind of cover um, every year but i forget they usually have some uh uh promotional 
modes, but uh, the big thing is the uh, skins and stuff. They have a limited edition set of cosmetics, and so the loot boxes change colors. They have different, you know, you're guaranteed to get one one holiday item in, in each loot box. That's really the most of it. I don't think... Uh, this isn't one of the more major events where they do where they've really done up like really nice new game modes. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember if maybe they did capture the flag during this, but as it because there was one event that they did ha- capture the flag for you know just kind of to throw it out there as a trial. It might have been this, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean that these these yearly um, like Final Fantasy fourteen does the same thing where they kind of have the, the year of the dog, the year of the the chicken, that sort of thing, and they're usually like really really meager. But you know, it is kind of fun to log in and try to get your your item or your skin or whatever. So you know, I always look forward to these. You know, if it's a game I like, you know, it's not always the style I'm looking for, but it's kind of a fun collectible. It'd be like, yeah, I was playing that year. So those are always fun. And this one is starting February eighth, and I think it runs two weeks. Let me see. Yeah, it looks like there's no set end date. So, you know, just, you know, sometime before, after the 8th, you should go. Okay, so I did want to move on real quick here uh, and talk a bit about Monster Hunter World. Um, I'm not going to do, like, my full review yet because this game is meaty as hell. Like, there's so much goddamn content. It's ridiculous. So much to do. The game's fantastic. But I'll give a full review later. But I did want to talk about some of the events that they've got going on. So Monster Hunter World is kind of known for doing, or not, not sorry, the Monster Hunter series in general is known for doing kind of weird crossover um, stuff with other franchises, often Capcom franchises, but they have done stuff with third party um, groups as well. So right now there's an event going on for Horizon Zero Dawn crossover. So you can get an armor set for your Palico. And if you don't remember, the Palicos are basically uh, little cats that follow you around. You put them in armor and give them weapons and stuff. And they uh, will help you um, if you're by yourself or in a group of two or less uh, to help you know capture monsters. And they'll provide healing buffs and that sort of thing. So they're kind of there to fill in uh, for a lack of other players. And they're there to support you and give you healing items and that sort of thing. And there's other systems you do, but that's kind of what they're doing, following you around and helping you hunt monsters. So if you uh, do this event, and it's going until February 8th, so you got a couple more days here, depending on when this comes out, you basically go in, go to your mission board. I think you have to be Hunter Rank 4, which you can get pretty quickly in a couple days. Um, and you go to the event tab, and in the event tab, there's probably going to be a few events you see in there, but the one you want is going to be in the arena and it's like hunt down like seven of these uh, wyverns or whatever. And the description actually says, you know, you may get materials for new Palico armor. That's the one you want. So you're probably going to have to do this about three times. Um, you tend to get like one to two items for each attempt and you need three items total to get to craft the armor for the Palico. But you do that, you get the items, you take it to the workshop and you can forge um, a weapon for him, and that's one piece, and then for two pieces you can forge the, the full armor set for him, which actually makes your Palico look like one of the machines from Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's kind of got that like biomechanical look and the big glowing blue eye in the front that turns red when it goes into combat. It actually looks pretty cool, and they kind of put a, a fun twist on it, like the, the light bulb in the front is like a, a blue paw print, so... It's cute, you know, the, the weapon is actually, actually pretty good armor. It's like Rarity 3, which is, at that hunter rank is really good. So, if you're new to the game, um, which you probably are, if you picked it up around the time I did, it's probably worth going and getting, because um, it looks cool, and it's actually decent armor. So, I do suggest you get the Horizon Zero Dawn Palico Armor Quest. Now, starting February 28th, there's the second half of the Horizon Zero Dawn, which you are going to get the outfit 
and the uh, the bow from I think the character's name is Alloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. It's the main character, the main girl. Um, you can get her whole outfit, and so when I say whole outfit, it like changes your entire appearance to look just like her. Um, it's not like a pieces of armor you can mix and match. Like it's a you know the whole set all at once um, that you can wear, and you'll get her likeness and her outfit and that sort of thing. And you will also kind of get the iconic bow that. Uh, you know, she uses in Horizon Zero Dawn, so that will be useful if you are a bow user in Monster Hunter. So uh, that starts on February 28th, ends on March 5th. There's no details on exactly what mission you have to do, um, but again, it's probably going to be in the event tab. It's probably going to be something very similar to the Palico part portion, so just keep an eye out for that, and we'll probably have more details in the weeks about how to actually, you know, make that. Uh, also, other crossover that they're going to do is Street Fighter. So uh, the characters Ryu and Sakura from Street Fighter are also going to be like full costumes. So it's like an armor set that changes your entire appearance. You can't mix and match the pieces, but you will look like those two characters from Street Fighter if you get these armor sets. And I'm, I imagine one's for the male, one's for the female. That's why there's two. Uh, no specific dates on that one yet, but if you do have Street Fighter V arcade data on your console, you will get early access to the event quest. So if you've got Street Fighter already, you've been playing it on your console, you will get in a little bit early so you can get that stuff a bit sooner than everyone else. Um, but, but again, this is an event. Both those items are free. Um, chances are you can get them pretty quickly. I think I did the Horizon Zero Dawn thing in like 15 minutes. Um, it wasn't bad at all. So just kind of go in, do your bit. You'll get it. Be good to go. Um, and that, again, no date on that exactly, but I imagine it'll probably happen sometime in, I'm guessing probably March, um, after, you know, the Horizon Zero Dawn stuff is done. Also, they had already announced, uh, a Mega Man outfit for your Palico. Again, full body suit turns you into like a little pixelated Mega Man or turns your Palico into pixelated Mega Man. Um, he'll run around and do all the normal Palico stuffs, but you know, it's again, kind of a full, full armor set changes the entire appearance. Uh, no set date on that either, but that's probably going to be a bit later on. And that Mega Man one, you get to, um, they'll also have the uh, Mega Man chiptunes uh, from the classic games playing in the background yep. uh, while you have your fucking monsters and do fun stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, they love doing this crossover stuff. Like they've had Mario, Sonic, um, Devil May Cry, uh, Street Fighter before. I forget what they did something else for was another Capcom franchise. But, you know, they're just kind of like, we don't give a shit. It's a monster. It's a, it's a game where you hunt monsters, you know, dinosaurs with giant swords. You know, it, it's kind of ridiculous and in fun. So they do crazy crossovers like that. So, you know, expect more of this going forward. They have a long history of it. And this game is absolutely killing it in terms of reviews. Like it's getting like a 91 on Metacritic, which is pretty damn good nowadays. So, you know, it's doing extremely well both here in Japan. And um, I think they sold 5 million copies three days. Like, it's doing really, really well. So oh. it's kicking ass. Um, and also all the major DLC is going to be free. Um, so they're, uh, they've already announced that no details on time, date like that, but uh, they've kind of got the first DLC planned out and they're adding like some extra hunts and one of the iconic monsters from previous entries in the franchise. And that's again, going to be free. So it's not going to be like forever free updates. Like eventually they're going to stop, but all major updates will be free. And the only stuff that's going to be like paid microtransactions, it'd be like gestures, emotes and that sort of thing. And the prices they were showing for those are like two bucks, you know, for like a, like a street fighter emote or something like that. So it's, it's again, cheap DLC, but the really important stuff is all going to be free. 
in a game that already has way more content than I can even get into right now. Like, there's so many systems in Stop Yuku in that game that people are saying the main campaign takes like 80 hours to 100 hours if you know what you're doing. And then on top of that, there's like multiple tiers of end game that you can do. So this is a meaty game and they're just going to keep adding on to it for a while with free updates. So Monster Hunter World, it's going to be badass. Um, I'll give a full review probably when I get closer to the end game and actually kind of a feel for the whole thing. But so far, I'm absolutely loving it. The game's freaking awesome. You know, I, I really do suggest it. You know, you're at all interested. It is as good as the hype. Like, I can safely say that it is a very, very solid game. And if you're interested in this at all, I would pick it up. Like, seriously, solid 9 out of 10, probably higher, you know, as I get deeper into it. It just gets better and better. So we'll give a full review on that, um, you know, like I said, in the coming weeks. But uh, for now, I'll keep you updated with all the events that are coming up for Monster Hunter World. Okay, so one last thing I had that I've been putting off for a while, just because we've run out of time and I don't want to go on about it too long, but I did say a few weeks ago that I would be reviewing Dungeon Defenders 2 on the PS4. This is a free game. It's not a PS Pro, a PS Plus game. It's just free all the time. It's it's kind of old, so you know it's not a ton of people playing it, but it is available for free. Uh, so if you've played Dungeon Defenders 1, you're pretty close to understanding Dungeon Defenders 2, but I will kind of go into... Uh, kind of what kind of game it is. So I would say it's a hybrid between like a tower defense game and like a hero, like sort of like PVE MOBA style game where you've got like different kinds of heroes with different weapons, abilities, that sort of thing. And then they can place towers, which are used to defend your gem from, you know, various waves of enemies that are coming in and trying to, you know, get there. So if you're familiar with a tower defense game, like Sanctum 2, Sanctum 2 is actually a fair comparison. Um, a bit of a different setting. It's obviously like a medieval setting versus a uh, sci-fi setting, but you know, it, it's kind of along that lines and familiar at all. So it is a free game. It's meant to be free. It is pretty heavily emphasized around monetization. That being said, it, it didn't feel like they were cramming it down your throat. There was a lot of cosmetic stuff. There are some heroes that are locked behind a paywall, but I would like to point out that while they are different than the base ones you get for free they're kind of just variations of the base ones so they are you know they have some unique stuff but i didn't feel like i was like oh my god i can't compete without you know having these these paywall characters so they're there um i wouldn't say that they cram it down your throat i wouldn't say they're necessary but you can get them either via purchasing or if you grind like a crap load of in-game currency you can get them that way too so it's it's a pretty meaty grind keep that in mind but you know, you, you can play the game perfectly fine without spending money on it. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of cosmetics, but there is no loot box system. It's all just, if you want that hat, you buy that hat. You know, if you want that cloak, you buy that cloak. There's no RNG bullshit for it, um, for, for the monetization. So if you are like me and you absolutely hate loot boxes as a concept, uh, this game is pleasantly uh, free of them. So good thing to keep in mind. Uh, the gameplay is, uh, I didn't get too deep into it, um, but the gameplay is pretty easy to begin with. They they do a good job of kind of easing you into how to play the game. I didn't feel like it was overly challenging, but they kind of show you like, here's the kind of monsters you're, you're, you're going to have to deal with. You know, here's some other things that can happen. These portals can open, these gates can open. Um, and you kind of get a feel for, you know, how it's going to work. It is pretty clear, however, that a lot of uh, the levels you see have various multiple tiers of difficulty and this is a very replayable you're going to play it over and over and over again but you know they can modify it a lot by you know 
changing up what kind of enemies spawn, different modifiers, that sort of thing. And you can see they kind of built that in. So in terms of replayability, I think it's very, very high. Um, you just got to take a while to get there because, like I said, it's it's they had a lot of maps, but it did show like four or five different tiers for each map. So, you know, you are going to be doing some of the same areas over and again, but it's not like it's like four maps and you're done. Like there's a lot of content and it looks like there's a lot of replayability um, over the long run. Now, I have to say this was a PC game initially and they have ported it to console. I played it on PS4. I have never seen a menu system that was so horrible. Like it is the most aggravating menu system I have ever seen on a console. Like on a PC, it makes perfect sense. Like, sure, drag and drop, that'd be great. On a console, it it took me a guide to figure out how to even, like sort my inventory because of all the weird buttons you had to hold and push down. And you know, normally I could give this a pass. You know, it was like if it was like a minor inconvenience. But the problem is the game revolves extremely heavily around loot drops. As in you're playing the game, you get different kinds of armor to level up your character. And so it's kind of like a Borderlands style where you're going to get different modifiers and you're going to compare gear and see, you know, which one has the right mix of stats. And so you're getting like 30, 40 items, you know, every round. You're getting a bunch of stuff. And you have to go through it after every single match and, and kind of sort out what you want, what you want to keep, and put it on all your various different heroes in your hero deck. And the menu system is so clunky and difficult to use that it honestly makes it like, I don't even want to play this anymore because inventory management is such a pain in the ass already. And then having to deal with an, uh, this terrible menu system is awful. Like, so bad. Like, we were laughing about how bad it was because, like I said, on PC, it would have been fine. But because they had the port to, you know, a gamepad and they took really very little effort in actually changing it up, like how it would make sense. Like, you know, Destiny has like the kind of mouse cursor that you control with the control stick and you kind of drag and drop stuff like that. Um, that would have been fine, but it's not. It's like, OK, you got to hold down like triangle and then hold on R2 and that goes over to your hero screen. And then you can't use this one control stick because that'll actually switch to a different screen. You have to like use the right D-pad thing. It was so counterintuitive and even once i figured it out it was such a pain in the ass that i just i didn't want to deal with it you know so <laughs> that honestly kind of killed the game for me like it was fun until i had to start dealing with my inventory fuck this like terrible so it doesn't break the game but it removes so much of the flow from the gameplay loop that i just didn't really care for it you know so like the, it's a shame because i like tower defense games i like those kinds of games but that portion of it made the grind just awful, you know? So, you know, in terms of like a rating, I'd give it like a four or five out of 10, like it's five being average. Like it's, I would have given it a higher score, but that gameplay with the menu, just pull it down to like below average. So it, it was, it's not something I would necessarily recommend if you want to play for, you know, a long period of time. I didn't care for it in that regard because of those frustrations. Uh, but if you wanted to do what we were kind of trying to do and just kill like a couple days with some friends because uh, one of our, our friends had his PC broke so we couldn't play our normal games on PC. So we downloaded this for free. It was worth it, um, but it's probably not one we're going to be returning to anytime soon just because it was so frustrating. Now, if you do like that that type of game, it is very similar to, I mentioned Sanctum 2. I also can say Orcs Must Die. That, that series is quite good. So um, I have played Orcs Must Die 2 and Orcs Must Die Unchained. Um, Orcs Must Die 2 is a two-player co-op, uh, either solo or two-player co-op. Um, it's kind of a similar thing. Each character has a different set of weapons. Um, you know, what you equip kind of sets your abilities. And you have to build towers and traps and stuff to defend against waves of orcs uh, from getting to, you know, a portal, whatever. Um, that's very, very fun. I've put a lot of hours into that one. 
Um, and Orcs Must Die Unchained is actually probably a little bit more like Dungeon Defenders 2 in that there is uh, a lot more heroes to work with, each with more unique abilities. They have some synergies with different kinds of traps. And, you know, overall, the game is just set up much, much better than Dungeon Defenders 2. So if you want this kind of game, uh, Orcs Must Die Unchained, I think that is free if you have PlayStation Plus. I forget if that was a timed exclusive or not. Um, but that one's actually pretty good. So if you're going to pick between one of the two, I'd probably go with Orcs Must Die Unchained, but, you know, if you don't have access to it for whatever reason, you can give Dungeon Defenders uh, 2 a try, but be warned, on console, it's a real pain in the ass to play with that menu system. So just... Okay, guys, I think that's all I've got for the show this week. Uh, what about you guys? Do you have anything else before we go to shoutouts? No, I'm, I'm good. Um, there's a new Cloverfield movie on Netflix now that came out after the Super Bowl. We'll have to so. check that out and talk about it next week then. Hey, it sounds good, guys. So let's do some shout-outs here. Um, my shout-out for this week, I'm going to actually give it to Capcom because they've been just kicking ass this uh, last year or so. They released two titles, which are, like, really, really solid, Resident Evil 7 and Monster Hunter World. Um, it's good to see a company publishing games that really hit kind of that core gameplay that you feel where it's like, this is extremely good value for my money. I don't feel like I'm getting screwed over. Um, it just, it feels good and I wish more companies would do more stuff like this, but you know, for me, I think in the last year Capcom's the winner in making some really, really fantastic games. And I want to give them props because I've really enjoyed Resident Evil 7 and Monster Hunter and, uh, you know, I hope to see more from them. What about you, Zell? Shout outs, man. Um, yeah, I got a shout out. It's kind of a shameless plug type of deal. Um, if people follow me on Twitter, uh, I actually had a little bit of a snafu trying to sign up for it. Um, but have you ever heard of a Disney Movie Club? I've heard of it, but why don't you tell us about it? It's spiffy. Um, it's it's actually it's it's not a new idea. It's one of those things that I I think my parents had like one of these signups for uh, music CDs back in the day. Um, but you sign up like I think if you get referred or you have a special code, you can get five of them. But otherwise, it's four. You get like five, four or five Disney movies, uh, and you can get the Blu-rays uh, as an option for like a dollar, as long as you commit to within the first year, you have to buy three other movies at full price. Um, and then the, the big catch of course, is that they ship you a movie that unless you tell them not to every month, they'll ship you a movie and bill you for it. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty regularly online, so it's not a big deal for me. Um, I buy at least three Marvel, or, like, cause this has got obviously Disney, Pixar, Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, etc. Um, and, uh, the deals that they have in there are kind of nice. Um, like right now it's like you buy one at full price and every other movie you get is 40% off. And Disney movies don't like ever really go on sale very much. Um, so I've kind of, I've gotten my money's worth out of it in like a week, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's my, my shameless plug. I didn't know it existed. There are flyers for it in some movies, and it's been around, it looks like, for at least a year or two, but I just found out about it, and so I thought it was cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. I had never heard about that, but that looks interesting. I might look into that. I've so. bought way too many of them um, <laughs> without this club, and I probably would have saved a lot of money if I knew. Um, as I said, I know there's a referral deal. Uh, people can hit me up on Twitter or something if they're interested because it's a little better deal than the default, but cool. Sounds good. And, and what's your Twitter uh, account? Uh, at OCD Trekkie. All right. And you'll good. also see me on OC at OCD Trekkie complaining about companies like when Disney movie clubs sign up, actually banned me. Uh, that was fun. 
uh, today I complained about uh, my my gra- my grandma's getting a f- like four or five hundred dollar electric bill for for like a condo. Um, so I was complaining about that a bit. You get lots of angry rants from me on Twitter, so you know, enjoy. All right, sounds good. And bait, you're up, man. Um, shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles for beating the Patriots. Hashtag anybody but the Pats. Oh, did they? Uh, the Patriots lose. Patriots lost. I can imagine some people would be very happy to hear that. Yes, absolutely. Everybody who's a Philadelphia Eagles fan is going to have a heart attack tomorrow because it's been too damn long since they won a Super Bowl. All right. Well, sounds good. All right, folks. Well, you know, I, uh, you know, I always appreciate you guys coming in, tuning in. Uh, if you ever want to be on the show, I know we've had some interest kind of bubbling up on Discord uh, about being on the show. I think uh, this this night was probably preoccupied by a lot of people because of the game. But uh, you know, let us know. Discord we're always available, or you can hit up all our contact information on the website biomass.com or biomass.net. I do hope that uh, you're you're probably out doing sports ball things, and I hope that everyone was safe and makes it back safely, so you can listen to the show when it comes. To days but uh, as always thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week